die for this marble memory box. Well, I'm an actual ghost for this marble charcuterie board. Nana. Nana. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, a fine network. It's Tuesday, December 6th, 2022. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to Tassie, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. hey yo, hey yo. And last but not least, making the magic happen over yonder... Super producer, JD. Hello. There he is. There he is. Here we are. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Hit the like button. Comment away. Subscribe. Get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Hoodies and t-shirts and shorts and mugs and hats. Nobody doing stuff. it today. Nobody's Over. rocking one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. good. We had a good run going. We had a good run. Felt like somebody was wearing some no-dunks. Maybe show a mug. Why not, you know? Oh, yeah. I always Mugs got my always good out. morning sweet world mug by uh, my side. Always, Tessie. Don't sleep on a mug. Yeah, go grab that. Especially, it makes a great stocking hurt. stuffer. It would hurt to sleep on a mug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does make a good stocking stuffer. Because then you can stuff stock, stuff in the mug. Ooh. Put a little, orange little chocolate, a little orange. <laughs> Some people like them together. Uh, send in your questions and comments to nodunks at theathletic.com. You can tweet them in too, at nodunksinc. Or you can send us a letter. And I put our P.O. box in the comment section of yesterday's video. I think it's there in today's uh, section as well. So if you want to send us a letter or a parcel surprise, oh, I love uh, let it. us know. I love it. I'm looking forward to going and checking the P.O. box. <laughs> can't wait. Because quite often the parcels are too big for the size of P.O. box Ooh. I selected. So oh, we got a small one. Then I got to get, well, it's the size of a shoe box. <laughs> I, I, I think yeah. I made the, the right selection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I got to go to the, the lineup and Deal with the postal workers who are always pleasant people. <laughs> well, anyway, we're going to hit the beach later today on this podcast uh, because we did throw up a tweet asking for your best cues and comments, uh, NBA and non-NBA related. So we'll get to the beach a little bit later. But let's start with a little what you got. What you got? What you got? Yeah, a little what you got to uh, look at last night's NBA action. First one, guys. Two Clipper All-Stars, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. They both returned, along with Luke Kennard, uh, from injuries last <laughs> night to help the Clippers eke out the victory versus the Hornets. 119-117. to Kawhi hit the game-winning jumper. PG had 19 points and 7 assists and a big play late in this one as well. So, I want you to tell me more impressive return. Kawhi or PG? What you got? Who you got? You go first. <laughs> Uh, well, the thing I was most surprised by was Kawhi Leonard's energetic response after the game. <laughs> yes. When he said, I don't think anybody loves playing this game more than me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how excited he was. That's right. uh, he was back to playing the game he loves. I know we all say they need Kawhi to win a championship. That's totally true. But I was more impressed by Paul George and what he did in his overall game because they desperately need him to be all he can be. And that means... Playmaking, and yeah, I, and I, yeah. I think that's not that's not Kawhi's thing. Put team on his back, of course. But Paul George kind of has to be a point guard. He did a lot of that. Seven assists in this game, and then he came out with and, and uh, got all dirty and made the biggest board of the game yep. to help Kawhi seal it. With Forty seconds left. Paul George got on the offensive glass. 
tipped it back, and Kawhi got the layup before he hit that game winner. So I think Paul George, he wins it. Kawhi, more highlights, more energetic after the game, but I think Paul George's <laughs> game was uh, just a little bit more impressive to me. Yeah, that was a big play by PG. The, the one that tied it up, I guess, yeah, uh, before tight. Kawhi then hit the game-winning jumper, which was big too. But uh, yeah, there was like four Hornets under the basket. Kawhi was there as well, but PG put in the extra effort. That ball's going out of bounds. It looks like it's going to be Hornets' ball. It looks like they're probably going to win the game at that point, but mm. a hell of a little tip back uh, right to Kawhi and just put it up and in. But uh, who are you going with here, TK? Yeah, that was a huge play. I think Ty Lue said, that was the play of the game and it ended up you know giving the Clippers a chance to win honestly I was completely shocked that these guys were playing like (laughs) I didn't tune in until there's like two minutes left in this game saw it was a close game just assumed Kawhi and Paul George were both out because it's a close game against the Hornets who aren't very good Clippers tend to play a lot of close games then I saw Kawhi Leonard what then I saw Paul George was in the corner like what James Harden also played last night. It was crazy out there. Uh, I'm going to give it to Kawhi Leonard, though. He did hit a game winner. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then he called Terry Rozier Tony Rozier. (laughs) (laughs) So, honestly, a great night for him. Way too easy of a shot, though, on the game winner. Like, where was McDaniels going? Kawhi maybe twitched his shoulder a little bit. The guy was scared about getting taken off the dribble. A wide-open jumper. Basically, for Kawhi, he knocks it down. Nice win for them. I love that play, too. Uh, To give a little more credit to even PG... The Hornets, McDaniels, he missed a wide-open three in the corner that, again, likely would have won it for Charlotte. PG corrals the long rebound. He could have pushed it in transition. He, in fact, did. I think there was one Hornet back, really, maybe two, but he could have attacked, you know, in that situation. And he's like, no, 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 look at the clock, hold it up. And then he was like full-on traffic cop. He was like, the balls got swung, he passed it over to John Wall, and then it was iso Kawhi on the side. You know, Kawhi posted up, but not at the block. He posted up sort of on the wing. Wall wisely gave him the ball after PG was pointing at give it to Kawhi, and then it was uh, the, the easy jumper, like you said. McDaniel's like that's a tough one-on-one situation. I don't care if Kawhi's just coming back from injury, but th- these guys have to like realize, at, try and just force Kawhi baseline. I know he's hit a big baseline shot before in his career, <laughs> but I would always want to force him baseline to take that game-winning attempt. Then where he always wants to go, which is like that little separation to his left. For that jumper. You've seen him do that time and time and time again. Yep. Um, and it was a hell, a hell was, of a shot. That was rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. could see that. Yeah, he, he 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 shook Jalen. Just Daniels shade him like bad. crazy, though, I'm telling you. I think you're just going to have a, a, a better chance that he misses like a 15, 16-foot baseline jumper than he is going to miss that one that just feels, even when he doesn't play, feels automatic still when he rises up and gets just enough separation and it's just like... He just releases it perfectly at the top of his big old mitts. And he just loves nice playing mitts. this game. Nice mitts. On that beautiful teal blue floor, uh, the Hornets had the matching teal with the uh, the old hive out in the key, which would be obnoxious to me watching it, I think, every single game. It's too much. <laughs> but, you know, every once in a while yeah. you see Kawhi, Kawhi the jump man man, playing in Michael Jordan's barn on the teal. With the teal jerseys, it looked pretty cool. At the same time, you got to feel bad for the Hornets because, as Trey said, everybody is back. And the Hornets have a shot to win. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody back for the Clippers, I should say, because the Hornets have so many guys out. At what point do they not only wave the white flag in terms of playing guys, but just sort of emotionally with l- l- ball out, Hayward out, even a Cody Martin and Dennis Smith out. They're just they're decimated. And then this happens when they should have won a basketball game. This is, it's just bad time. It's too early to to quit, uh, but it just it feels like for Steve Clifford, like get a rebound, 
we win the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's tough. Tough times for the Hornets. They should lean, lean, lean hard into the tank. Like, give yourself the chance to be one, or sorry, two of the three teams to get Wemby or Scoot. Have one of the three worst records. They very easily could if they don't already. I don't have the standings in front of me. But it's like, it's Pistons, it's Magic. The Rockets won again last night. I think they're better than a lot of the crap teams. The Hornets are there, and then the Spurs, uh, you know, can't win a game to save their life. I mean, you gotta, that's a good chance. I mean, there's really, I just gave you four teams, I think, because I sort of feel like the Rockets will separate a little bit from that pack. Um, eh, why not? <laughs> Nothing, nothing's happening for them this year. Yeah, Slow play ball, you know, trade some of your guys. They're as doing all that. Yeah. They're doing all that. Yeah. They have seven wins right now. Yeah, the worst no team problem. in the league has five wins. So they're right there. And LaMelo's played three games yeah. so yeah. far this season. Maybe he'll play again at some point, but I think they'll take their time oh, I would. on this one. That's my point, yeah. Right now, the best thing the Hornets got going is every time Mason Plumley shoots a jump shot, somebody <laughs> posts a reaction of the opposing team's bench watching him shoot a jump shot and everybody's just like what? <laughs> so sometimes good. it goes in. It's it, a lefty now. It, it does go in sometimes. <laughs> it's uh whoa, it's it's ugly. It's weird to see NBA professional basketball players reacting like that to another professional basketball <laughs> player and everyone's just perplexed. Yeah. It's even, like they've never seen it. Like some of them I feel like on the pro- bench. Yeah, like, probably. What? What? He shoots like that now? <laughs> no, no. What's going on? And it goes deep too. It goes second row deep. <laughs> as far as the, the bench reactions go. It's not just the guys in the front row, but the assistant coaches put a hand on the shoulder of the man in front of them. Whoa, it's like what is like I think uh, Plumlee should just shoot in front of his own bench. That's, that's the way to do it. Because as soon as he does smart, it. Actually. Yeah, that was, smart. that was odd. George Hill, Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews, I love his facial reactions. He responds. <laughs> All right, next one here. Um, Shea Gildas-Alexander scored 35 as OKC overcame a 14-point deficit in the third quarter to beat the Hawks. 121-114. This loss coming on the heels of reports of tensions between Hawks star Trey Young and head coach Nate McMillan. And then in Dallas, Lucas scored 33 as the Mavs preserved a big lead against the Suns. 130-111 to blowout. Uh, the Mavs remained in control after a, like a massive run in the first quarter. You know, they never... It never really got all that close. Luka got to rest the entire fourth quarter. And this, the Mavs against the Suns. You know, what happened in the playoffs last year. Though Phoenix did win the first game of the season, coming back from a huge deficit. Yeah, they crushed them in the regular season. Yeah, I guess they had a winning streak going yep. until last night in the regular season against the Mavs. But, look, I'm forcing it a bit. Mm-hmm. But most disappointing loss, <laughs> you know, the Hawks, after all the beef, and at home, and losing to OKC. Decent team, but losing at home. Or the Suns, who, you know, had... Been over the last couple of weeks, the best team in the Western Conference, losing to the Dallas Mavericks in sort of like humiliating form. Uh, which one was more disappointing from last night? Which got? I'm gonna save my hot take and answer your question, here, okay. Skeets. I think it's got to be the Hawks. Most disappointing loss, mostly due to the circumstances. If they come out and get that win, you're kind of willing to sweep some of that stuff mm-hmm. under the rug. But I thought they were particularly sloppy in the fourth quarter of this game. Too many fouls, first and foremost. They fouled 12 times in the fourth quarter. The Thunder took 15 free throws. Everybody can make free throws at some point. They went 15 of 15, pretty impressive, and also just bad execution uh, for the Hawks in the fourth quarter. At one point, they went three minutes without scoring, got a couple of baskets, then another two minutes without scoring, made some free throws, then another three minutes without scoring. They could not make a layup the last 90 seconds. A.J. Griffin had an out-of-control take after an offensive rebound, basically drove into three guys and tried to throw up a floater uh, with about a minute left. And then well, they missed five layups on a single possession under a minute. 
it's tough to win any kind of game when you're putting the other team to the line to knock down easy free throws and then you can't make your own layups. Just a disappointing Hawks fourth quarter once again. It feels like they almost got to get lucky to pull things out in the fourth sometimes. So I think they're the most disappointing loss of these two teams. I think this weird coaching trade situation is going to turn this season around. There's my hot take. It's a weird situation, oh, wow. and I know I know they blew a double-digit loss. But to me, it wasn't a lead, classic yeah. uh, double-digit lead. But to me, it wasn't a classic. Uh, we're getting jump shot after jump shot from train to Jante, just this isolation basketball. I thought they were getting good shots in that fourth quarter, and they're giving it away. And they're missing two of their better defenders in their starting lineup in DeAndre Hunter and John Collins. They desperately needed those guys. They had Jared Culver being the Shea Gilgis Alexander stopper in this game, which is unfortunate. I thought DeJounte Murray would be able to handle Shea Gilgis Alexander. That's his thing. A defensive perimeter guy. But that's how big Shea Gilgis Alexander is. He's too big for DeJounte Murray. So I don't think this was a one of those losses where you say, well, they're just going to be bad. I think this little internal combustion that happened can bring this team together, as weird as that sounds. The guys were up and cheering for Trey Young throughout this game. He had a bad shooting night. He was missing jump shots. The entire team had bad shooting nights. They were sloppy on defense. I think that just has to do with their couple defenders not being in there. I don't know. Sometimes you just need a little spark. And this weird spark that can awaken this team could be that. Listen, they're an, av- they're, they're an average team that gets average effort to, a lot of the time. But they're up double digits against a, a, a decent team. Yeah. And uh, they gave it away in non-Hawks fashion. Hawks fashion is Trey, DeJounte, oh, my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn. To me, they're getting good shots even if they were forced, and uh, they just played bad defense in this one. What did you think of Trey's comments before the game? Obviously asked about the beef with McMillan. He said, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he repeated several times, it's unfortunate, it's a private matter, and people don't know the full story. He didn't take like any responsibility. And then Nate McMillan, he had a lot to say too, but he said part of coaching is keeping your team together, keeping a group, a family together. You're going to have these situations. And then he sort of addressed the idea that this got leaked and that this normally doesn't get out. It happens and it got out. They both seem more upset about that. Oh, yeah. It's a very, the, uh, the, very uh, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole punch-esque where they were pissed that right, it got out. Yeah, where the attention turns to not what happened between <laughs> the coach and the player, yeah. but like who told this to Shams or whoever – uh, broke the news, yeah. Yeah, I was a little worried about the uh, for the reporter who was asking Trey Young pregame because that reporter, Zach Klein, here in Atlanta, was just asking him over and over and over again, you weren't on the bench. You weren't on the bench. <laughs> Why? Why weren't you on the bench? John Collins was on the bench. Why weren't you on the bench? Fair question. And, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and Trey Young uh, repeatedly said, it's a, yeah, an internal matter. Yeah, basically, Bug it's off. none of your business is what he's saying. Yes. And so I, everybody is trying to cover it up. Uh, within the organization. It's private. So we don't really actually know what happens, but if it, if it continuously happens, if they don't nip it in the bud, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's something to worry about. But also, the stuff happens, but at some point they have to stop and just keep playing together. And they're just... They're getting by on talent, uh, and a lot of their talent was out in this game, in this particular game, mm-hmm. and I think that hurt against uh, an OKC team that just won't stop. Shea Gilgis Alexander just kept on going to the freaking line and getting easy points in this game. He's money at the line right now. He's hit 32 consecutive free throws over his last two games, uh, 27. He hasn't missed in the last two games, 15 for 15 last night. Um, I-, I love every OKC win right now. 
because it all but guarantees that he's going to be an all-star, a deserving all-star, of course. He is on, like, a 30-point run here. It's like, you can just put it in pen every night that Shea's going to have 32, you know, 7-5 and five with a couple steals, maybe a block or two. It, it, it's wild. Uh, the other thing from this game, we just want to send our best to Bob Rathbun there, uh, Hawks um, play-by-play announcer. Scary, scary scene. I don't know if you guys caught it live uh, on the Hawks broadcast where he... He, they're saying it was from dehydration. He looked, sort of lost consciousness for a second, started falling back in his seat, and then they, they cut away, and he got taken to the hospital. And all accounts is stable and uh, doing a little they bit better. They said he was feeling well yeah, on the broadcast. Yeah, very, very scary, though. Uh, any other thoughts on Suns Mavericks? Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah you know, Dallas was dominant victory. Yeah, disappointing that we got what we got. But I, yeah. I would say Josh Green off the bench for the Mavs has to play. That guy is like... They're Jose Alvarado. He comes in and mm. is not just a pest defensively. He's picking up full court, but just finding his lane, finding the gaps in the uh, defense where he could take it to the rim. Uh, he was driving and scoring. He's grabbing offensive rebounds, picking up full court, just filling in where he could. 16 points, 5 assists, and you don't need Kemba Walker if you got Josh Green. Kemba Walker hasn't suited up for the Mavs yet. He was dressed, mm-hmm. but uh, didn't play because the Mavs were kicking butt, and Josh Green a big part of that. Yeah, instead, in garbage time, they went to rookie Jaden Hardy, who scored 10 points in two minutes because he just kept driving and driving and driving. The Mavs were loving it. Uh, well, it's your hot take, then, in relation to the... Is it in relation to this game? Uh, it's not in relation to either of these games, but the Heat should be here for the most disappointing loss of the night. Mm. The Grizz were missing their three best players, plus another starter in John Conchar. Grizzlies were on the second night of a back-to-back. Heat are full strength. Jimmy Butler's back. Bam's playing. Lowry's playing. Hero's playing. If a team like, for instance, I don't know, the Chicago Bulls, for instance, just like could be any team. If they lose a game like that, you're blowing them up. And that's the chatter around the Bulls. If they have a disappointing loss like that. So why aren't we doing the same thing? Exactly right. This was a, I thought that was a stinker uh, for the Heat. How many points did they end up scoring? 93 93. points against a tired, resting Grizzlies team? Yeah. They, to me, are the most disappointing loss of the night by far. Well, the reason is I didn't have him in there because I went positive Pete with that from the Grizzlies side of things, but I like it, and we'll get into it a little bit more here. Biggest upset win last night. So juicy upsets last night in the NBA. Andrew Nemhard scored a season-high 31 points. He had 13 assists, 8 boards to lead the undermanned Pacers over the Warriors. In Houston, Jalen Green scored 27 to lead the Rockets to the double overtime victory over the 76ers with Harden struggling in his return from injury. And then finally, Tyus Jones had a career-high 28 points, 10 assists to lead the shorthanded, very shorthanded Grizzlies, like Trey was saying, to the 101-93 victory over the Heat. Uh, No John Morant, no Bain, no Triple J, no Conchar, and went on and on and on. And uh, Heat, full strength. Um, So, yeah, they could have been a disappointing loss, or we could say... Hell of a win from the Grizzlies. So, bigger upset last night. Trey, you get us started. Pacers, Rockets, beating the Sixers there in double overtime, or the shorthanded Grizz? I think the biggest upset is the Pacers, because they won without Tyrese Halliburton. They won on the road, and they did it against the Golden State Warriors, who've been pretty solid yeah. at home. Incredible performance from Andrew Nemhard. 31 points, 13 assists, 13 of 21 from the field. I think I heard on the Daily Ding today that he didn't even score 30 points when he was a college player. John Hollinger tweeted today. That's not possible. He played 131 college games. He never scored more than 25. That's crazy. Yeah. And so then he goes into Golden State and puts 31 on on the Splash Brothers. He was looking like Curry at times. Like he was doing some step back. He had Curry bobbling at one point late in this game. Oh, yeah. He that made was... more shots than Steph and Clay combined. Woo. 
So I will give them the biggest upset of the night because, I mean, you're rolling out there without your star in Tyrese Halliburton. That's pretty impressive. Did Steph Curry know who Andrew Nembhard was coming into this game? I'm not 100% positive mm-hmm. because he, maybe not. <laughs> when he hit that when he hit that shot that step back shot on Steph, Steph turned around and looked at him. He's like, "Who the hell is who, that? What is that guy?" In the last three minutes, there that was a, a huge that was a Steph like shot. That was literally him looking in the mirror, and then yeah. he got to the elbow. It wasn't just lucky three point shots. He got to the elbow, banked it home with 2:45 left, and just was. Uh, very judicious, smart with the lobs that he had in the last few minutes. He put them away. He, he threw that one lob to Jackson to the ceiling, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure that was totally. a good pass, but Jack, that guy, he could fly. He yeah, Isaiah Jackson's Holy. got hops. So no Halliburton, no Miles Turner, Turner. either. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Warriors, let's give them an excuse here. This was their second loss at home that they have been great at home. They missed Andrew Wiggins desperately. The Pacers got off to a big lead they had no nothing going on the perimeter defensively that's how important Wiggins is to mm-hmm. this team he helped his all-star case last night by not being in the lineup <laughs> uh, but uh yeah they were getting into the lane pool was in for him and they went with that ultra small three-man rotation those three guards and it took you know, Steph having a very bad night his worst night of the season mm-hmm. three of 17 but also it was it was just odd because Ben Matherin into the starting lineup with Halliburton he had a bad shooting night Buddy Heald had a bad shooting yeah. night just a very strange night uh, in Golden State Andrew Nembhard I always want to call him Aaron Nembhard always <laughs> always I catch myself I want to say Aaron mm. I don't know why but he's an Andrew. He's a good old Canadian boy. And I thought Quinn Buckner made a great point in this game. <laughs> a lot of Aaron's in Canada? I don't know. What? Doesn't he, he? It just sounds like a name more to me than Andrew Nembhard. I can't explain it. I must be alone. Let me know in the stream. What about Drew Nembhard? <laughs> I just like, I'm fine with the A. It just feels like a double. What like about a, this name? An A-A-R-O-N. Andy? <laughs> Andy? Less, yeah, less on Andy. Andy Nembhard. <laughs> uh, but Quinn Buckner made a great point in this game. Um... That he that he's in a crowd, he plays poised. He's not rushed for a rookie, a, a second round draft no, pick that at that. Weird. He is he is under composure. Uh, under composure? No, no, he is composed. He's <laughs> <Yes. It's laughs> under control. I mean. He's under control. Under yeah, there control. you go. I was jamming there the two together. Maybe uh, it's Aaron Neesmith. Awesome. He's a pacer. Maybe it's that. Yeah, it might be Andrew Neesmith. <laughs> they should switch, it. switch yeah. names. Switch Andrew Neesmith and Aaron Nemhart. I'll tell you though. While we're talking Andrews and Aaron's here. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy that there's an Andrew Wiggins and an Aaron Wiggins. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for bringing yeah. that up. Yep. Uh, and as for, like, any of those other games, Trey sort of already talked about, like, why aren't we pointing fingers at the Miami Heat uh, for a this dud. stinker of a loss. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, which it is. Though I did say, I think it was on yesterday's show, after that Grizzlies game, the Heat have a very easy schedule. So I will s- really start panicking and maybe pushing the, uh, hey, blow it up, blow it up, make a trade, make a trade button if they start dropping some of these next games because it's a very light cupcake schedule for the Heat. So we'll see. But, man, Tyus Jones is awesome, too, as a backup point guard. We've talked about that before for the sickos out there. So he gets slotted in there. He can run a show, man. He's damn good. Mm -hmm. Really, really good. And I've said before, I think he's the best sort of version of a backup point guard. But he proves that you can slot him in there and at least take care of the Miami Heat on a Monday night. Yeah, the Pacers, I'm sorry, the Miami Heat can say, well, this team is built for the playoffs and uh, worry about it a little bit later on because they're not too far back of a home court playoff spot right now. Uh, But I think the Philadelphia 76ers loss was extremely bad as well. Yeah. James Harden comes comes back. I was also shocked that James James Harden's in the lineup. (laughs) And then 
I guess you shouldn't be shocked by blow by blow by blow by. The Rockets were just blown by the the, the Sixers that ended with Joel Embiid fouling out of this mm-hmm. game and it was terrible defensively. Uh, that that was the kind of game where it makes it difficult to take these Philadelphia 76ers seriously as a contender because they lose games like that, games that they shouldn't have. So they got they get up for the big teams and unfortunately that was that was a bad one. It's also a strange loss when you're like Oh, they lost in double overtime. Maybe Embiid struggled. Like, he did foul out. And he had some bad turnovers, like, down the stretch. People were saying he was doing the Tony Kukoc, where he was, like, going to shoot it with one hand and then trying to pass it off. And <laughs> he got, like, did try he that, threw it yeah. out of bounds once, he got did. picked off the second time. But uh, he had 39. So he had a monster game until he fouled out. And then Tobias Harris had a really good game, too, uh, in terms of scoring the ball, at least. 27 points, you know, 9 to 15. The Rockets just had 44 free throws. Yeah, yeah. Attacking, Sloppy, attacking, yeah. Attacking. Tons of too much turnovers, I thought. I mean... Like you're saying, Embiid had some crazy ones. Harden had at least two where he just dribbled the ball out of bounds. Yeah. He looked, looked rusty, rusty in this one to me. Uh, but I was actually super impressed with a few things from the Rockets' point of view. Jalen Green and Alperin Shengun, their two-man game, awesome. Yeah. Already, like, that's the future Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic in the Western Conference. It'll take a few years, but they've got the chemistry already, and they work well together. They can both make plays off the dribble. They can pass. They can shoot. Looks good. Nice game from Jamari Smith Jr., I thought as well. He finished with 16 and 11, banked in a three from the corner late in this one. Yeah. The Jordan shrug with a laugh. <laughs> I very much appreciated that. Usually somebody banks in a three from the top of the key, let alone the corner. They're just celebrating like they meant to do it. Mm. You can't do that from the corner. Well, right didn't his like bank go bank? around, bank again? And that was a yeah. crazy yeah, bank. bank. That yeah. was a wild bank. Uh, so he was their main rookie, but I thought Tar Eason. Also had a really good game off the bench in this one. 18 points, 6 rebounds, 3 steals, a block, 7 from 11 from the field. He just plays with a ton of energy, and it was yep. really effective uh, for the Rockets last night. Rockets are fun to watch, despite you know not an incredible record. Though they're 7-17, I guess. Uh, decent home record, too. 4-5 and five at home. But they're always in entertaining games, and they have a bunch of athletes. And Jalen Green and, and Shen Gun are like their special guys. And, hey, Eric Gordon is still there. He's still there. He's still there. He's still out. starting, getting some threes. Hey, I'm Eric Gordon. What do you want me to do? 40 blowing, minutes. Blown by his old buddy. Just going right by James Harden. Yeah. All right, final what you got here. Uh, the Bucks improved to 17 and 6 on the season, won for the fifth time in six games with a 109-102 victory over the Magic. Giannis led the way with 34 points. And meanwhile, up in Toronto, Jason Tatum at 31 and 12, Jalen Brown scored 22, Celtics won for the seventh time in eight games, beating the Raptors 116-110. Boston is now 20 and 5 overall, first team to 20 wins in the league. So the question here is Who's your Eastern Conference favorite right now? Who, which team do you believe in more? Bucks or Celtics? Tass, what you got? I'm taking the Boston Celtics mm-hmm. over over the former champs in the Milwaukee Bucks because of their shot making. Will the Milwaukee Bucks defense be able to handle all that shot making from everywhere on the floor? It comes from everywhere. I know the Bucks will be able to handle the lane, but the Celtics just look like a different team from that team that lost to the, even to the Warriors in the finals. The way they can shoot from anywhere on the floor. They're missing a bunch of their guys in this game. Didn't matter. Third quarter, they put their foot down and just said, uh, we can we can give it to our guy now. Jason Tatum is an MVP candidate. And the way he was making shots with oh, guys all over yeah. him, this is this is a great Raptors defense. And they, and they were... They were trying. They were trying. They were flying around. But this Celtics offense is just could be 
one of those offenses that it's just impossible to stop. It was Warriors-esque the way they went on that run and the way they won uh, the Warriors win championships. It's just they can hit threes. They can hit from the mid-range with Jalen Brown also hitting ridiculous shots. And again, they missed, they had th- uh, one of their main playmakers out, Malcolm Brogdon, and their bigs out in, in Al Horford and Robert Williams. That's freaking impressive. Yeah. So it's, I can't wait. If we do get an Eastern Conference <laughs> Final, the best defense oh. against the best offense, it seems inevitable. And it's just, I don't think the, the Celtics are going to falter. Everybody questioned at the beginning of the season, oh, this coaching change, ah, no problem. And even going into the playoffs, they faltered when they're up 2-1 against the Warriors, but... I just think they're they're better than ever. I don't think they're faltering. That could have been a schedule loss for the Celtics too. And I watched this entire game. You know, they're in a back-to-back situation. Obviously, flying up to Toronto, great home team. You know, most of their guys, of course, in the lineup. Um, like you said, they're always sort of a tough play. And the Celtics were getting a garbage whistle in the first half too. I gotta say that as a Raptors homer, it was like, ooh, they're getting the short end of the stick here. Hung around, hung around, hung around. Third quarter, Tatum time blow this game open, and then held on in the end. And Raptors, you know, made a run, had some chances. OG bobbled one out of bounds uh, late, unfortunately. That was a damn impressive win to me. I watched every second. Blake Griffin, you know, in the starting lineup because of these injuries, contributing, throwing down a huge dunk, which got his teammates all fired up. Um, so, yeah, it, this is – it's a tough one to answer, though, Trey, because – Obviously, the Bucks are incredible. Yeah, they win the title a couple years ago. Celtics go to the finals last year. You know, hopefully we are on a collision course here. And everybody's at, at full health. It would be a hell of a series, I think. Favorite thing I saw from the Celtics last night is that Grant Williams has his own cool style of three-point defense. We've seen Luke Cornett doing the eclipse, yep. jumping in the middle yep. of the lane. Last night, Grant Williams was jumping, doing a clap. Oh. Oh. That should be banned. Shouldn't be able to clap, I don't think. <laughs> That's the Jose Calderon uh, type of defense. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> jump, the jumping jack clap. <laughs> He's a flash, flash, flash. Uh, the Celtics, to me, undeniably the best team so far. And like you're saying, they can still get better. Yeah. Their defense has improved after, you know, kind of taking it easy in the first couple of weeks of the season. They've certainly turned it on, but eventually they'll get Robert Williams back at some point. They were missing guys last night. I still think I'm taking the Bucks though, because they're right there with the Celtics. They will get better offensively as well. As Middleton finds his groove, as Giannis has to do a little bit less, they can save him. And as Pat Connaughton figures out how to shoot again. So, I don't know. The only thing I'm hoping for right now is that these teams only meet in the conference finals. Like, I don't... It doesn't seem reasonable that another team is going to take one of the top two seeds, but... We got to prevent that from happening because <laughs> yeah. we need it in the conference finals. Well, if it's in the second round, that's a bummer. Well, you better hope then that uh, the Celtics don't run into the Cavaliers because every game goes to overtime <laughs> yeah. and they lose, or the Chicago Bulls because for some reason the Bulls you know, have the uh, Celtics number. So a one-eight matchup where the the Bulls somehow sneak in from the play-in tournament well, and take it. them let's down. Do it. Uh, otherwise, I can't see how we don't have these teams. Yeah, and you're right. You, you always want it to be in the conference finals. Well, the Raptors were desperately trying to get up there in those top few seeds. Nick Nurse played his guys 40 minutes. Yeah. All of them, all of the, the, their big four, 40 minutes each, trying to win this game desperately, and they couldn't do it. I will say, oh, Scotty Barnes' offense finally coming around in this game, looking all right. Good article from our friend Eric Kareen on The Athletic, who said, I know, I know everyone's worried about Scotty Barnes in year two here, mm-hmm. but just take a look on the other side of the floor. Jason Tatum, rookie year, good. Second year? Took a little step back. Yeah, there was. Uh, so some positivity there. Big positivity. Just trying to be positive for the reps. That was uh, that was a bad second half. They were up. I know I know it was the whistle, but it's just a tough loss when 
you play all your guys 40 minutes. Yeah, well, <laughs> and okay. you're really, really going I'm for I'm fascinated it. to see what Masai and Bobby Webster do as we get closer to the trade deadline. Like, do, do they look at this team? In, in what, the Raptors are a fine team, but they are, in watching this game last night, not even close to your elite teams in the Eastern Conference. They desperately need some more shooting. Uh, it would help at the guard position. Fred Van Vliet can't hit a shot to He's save his life right, right now, and teams know it. They just are like, "Go ahead, we'll we'll go under, yep. fire away, Fred. We we don't have you don't you don't seem to have much confidence in your shot." So he's like on a really bad run. I think his like last five games is are like he's shooting like thirty yeah. percent. And then they could also use a big. Um, they're, they're a big team because everybody's like six eight. But at the center position against some of these squads in the Eastern Conference, I think they lack there. So I just wonder, will they look to make a move? And when I say that, I'm like, hmm, shooting and a big. Could they be in the running for the Pacers? Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, could there be some sort of package that could entice the uh, Indiana Pacers to, to switch it up? And then would they even do that? Because does that make your team that much better if you're the Raptors? I don't know. I yeah. think they'll do something, though, because I don't think they're content with this right now. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't really think that's a big enough jump. I, no, I, I don't think they tear up the team for that. It is unfortunate Fred was on uh, Serge Ibaka's How Hungry Are You recently, and he was asked... <laughs> If Kawhi stays, yeah, yeah, you guys win again. Yeah, we win a few more, no problem. So three Pete, he said. I yeah. think the answer is Kevin Durant. That's the answer. Yeah, well, trade for oh Kevin. God. Trade for Kevin, and then he gets into that secondary, tertiary role. Fred will be good again. He just needs a Kawhi slash <laughs> sure. Kevin on his team because other teams are exactly they're they're just letting him shoot I, I inflated Fred Van Vliet's stats over the last five games I said 30 percent he's shooting 27 percent from the field in the last five playing a lot of minutes for the most part I guess that one game you say fire 20. away Fred uh you also said they gave up the lead in the third quarter the Raptors why is that a surprise at home that is the worst home court third quarter <laughs> advantage call it a disadvantage <laughs> In the league. Oh. I've heard Will Lou talk about this on, on the Raptors show a while ago, and I've talked about it before a long time ago. We've talked about it a We say times. the Raps fans are like some of the best in the league, and I do believe that overall. Third quarter, it's a morgue. There's no <laughs> one in their seats. And I'm telling you, I think it has some effect for the, the road team and the Raptors. There's no, there's no energy. There's no one there. I heard. It's weird, man. It's getting strange. And, like, I know that happens in all arenas. People are doing their bathroom breaks. They're getting their food. <laughs> but it's it's way worse in Toronto. They, I don't know what's going on in the concourse. The amenities are too nice. They're just hanging out, not watching the basketball. They should try one game. Masai, Bobby, anyone in the Bobby. Raptors. Try something here. I know you're going to lose a lot of money, okay? There's going to not be a lot of beer sales at half. Or the popcorn or the pizza pizza or whatever is out there. But don't make it available. Just see what happens. Mm. Just see, like, just shut it down. Give everyone a voucher for after the game or something. Are you insane? Yeah, I am. I no, need some know, crowd. This is what they the have to quarter. do. Staff the concession stands. Put double nah. the staff. Nah, nah it's the, it's not that. Don't you dare put that on these people. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I help these people. They don't have enough people. They don't have enough taps. <laughs> enough taps. Yeah. It's the sweets that are the problem. I think it's not you're the right. concession. The sweets. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. underneath. Oh, the sweet. yeah. I, I yeah. thought you meant like uh, tasty sweets. <laughs> uh, like they would have, they have too many Reese's nuts, pieces man. or yeah, not yeah. enough. Yeah. It drives me nuts. Yeah. It's just so cool. It's wild. It's so quiet. And I, I'm convinced I'd have to look at the numbers. Someone's going to come in and say, ah, the Raptors probably win, <laughs> you know, a majority of their third quarters at home. But I'll tell you, those first couple <laughs> minutes are brutal. 
Mm-hmm. Brutal for most, uh, you know, a decent team against them at least. Ugh. I heard they have karaoke in those suites. That's what's going on down yeah, there. Yeah, they're they're just karaokeing at half, and <laughs> That's they don't come out. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, they wrote they wrote a song Sounds for fun. Fred actually. Oh boy! Fire away, Fred. We'll let you shoot today. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what you were saying. I know the first I line. I was like, what song is he singing? Yeah, yeah, I went deep. But you got there, right, JD? I got there. <laughs> I was right there with you uh, by the second line. Um, yeah, the second line, yeah. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Giannis? Who's, uh, what, is his birthday today, I guess? Is his uh, birthday today? Yeah, I think yeah, so. What does he, he turn, 28? Oh, my God. Prime. He's in December his prime. December 6th. 1994. Wow. 29. Uh, he was, uh, I don't, I didn't really watch the clip. Yeah. He uh, had a Homer Simpson doll? Yes, he did. <laughs> Why? What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> did he get it for a birthday gift? I, I don't know. Uh, he was answering questions about his birthday while holding it. Yeah. And he was talking about like getting freaky maybe on his birthday. That might happen. Good on him. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I hope so. I hope it happens for him. You know, Giannis is one of the superstars out there that can get away with talking about sex. Really. He's done it multiple times I know, on his yes. Instagram, and people are always like, <laughs> "Hilarious!" Other players might not get away with it. How many kids Freaky does good. he have? Just two? Has he got two right now? I don't know. Yeah, I think he does. All right, we gotta take a break. <laughs> We're talking about Giannis's <laughs> sex life right now. Uh, when we come back, though, we're gonna hit the beach to answer your questions. Don't go anywhere. All right, back here in the Classic Factory. Before we hit the beach, I have to know, did you fire up your Apple TV NBA app? (laughs) And did yours have time remaining and quarters at least for the games when you're on the homepage? I did fire it up. I didn't set up my glam shot, but I took a photo, and uh, there were no times, no quarters. I think it's a bug. It's got to be an Apple TV bug, I think, too, because a lot of people that were like on... Other ones, Roku, I think you said. And Fire TV, Fire TV yeah, yeah. That, that it does show. So it what's going on? It definitely does. It definitely does. It'll be back. <laughs> It'll be back I when hopes. I make a stink about it. That's why you got to get a worst of the weekend. I have to give it to the NBA app. Somebody's got to know. They don't even know. Nobody's writing in anymore. You don't like trying to just guess <laughs> what quarter, what time is left. You see, it's like 72, 62. You're like... I don't yeah. know, third quarter, three forty-four. I mean, I, yeah. I do, but like I said, I'd like to know when it's like yeah, uh, crunch yeah, time, yeah, so yeah, I got to yeah. jump over and mm. and catch it. I don't, I don't have Jared Greenberg sitting beside me on my couch. I don't have a personal crunch time. <laughs> no, you, you betcha. Know? Yeah. He just uh, that'd be a great thing, like for charity, raise a lot of money. You get Jared Greenberg comes and operates your remote. Mm-hmm. It's like a personal crunch time. Hell, I'll do it. We'll do it. I just signed you guys up. Hey, we'll do it. <laughs> Come to your house. We'll run your remote. Yeah. And we'll just talk about the games. I like that. Jump around. But we need to know the time and the quarters are made as long yeah. as you're on Apple TV. Okay, let's hit the beach. Let's do it. Oscar and the stream team, man. Chill out. He's like, uh, in all the caps locks, what can I do for an autograph from you guys? Well, send in a letter. <laughs> send in a <laughs> send in a eight by ten photo of us, and we'll sign it. And send it back. To you. <laughs> no, you don't want it. It's stupid. You don't want our autographs. You'll do nothing with it. Complete garbage. In ten years, you'll be like, why do I have this? Who are these people? Yeah, but it's better garbage than a lot of garbage you have around your house. <laughs> I have a lot of garbage in my house. Yeah, Doesn't so. mean it shouldn't be all thrown out. <laughs> In yeah. my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Our first question from Eric Kuhn. Um, Russell Westbrook has been coming off the bench for the first time in his career. He's playing well. 
who are the top five NBA all-stars who moved to a bench role toward their toward the end of their career? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I took a look at this, and my criteria was you had to be really good out of the gate in your career. You had to come out of the gate and be a really good star because there are other guys that did it differently, like oldies John Havlicek started on the bench, became a starter, went back. Kevin McHale came off the bench, was Mm. a star, and then became a starter. Even Manu Ginobili didn't fit my criteria. Even if he was a starter, he could have been a starter, could have been a billion-time all-star if he wanted to, but he never came off or never started a lot in his career. When he started, he was an all-star. But uh, Popovich got to him really early. So I wanted guys, again... Big name players. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so difficult to do that. So here's my list. The top five stars that made the transition to the bench later in their NBA career. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. At number five, it's Russell Westbrook. 14 years never coming off the bench. A former MVP seemed like he was going to be stubborn like Allen Iverson. No, I'm not coming off the bench. Here he is with the Lakers. Just like Russ says, why not? He did it. Uh, So at 34, could be a few more years of Russ coming off the bench and being successful. You guys didn't see that coming, did you? I did not. I have to be honest. I did not think he would uh, (laughs) adapt and take on this role, but he's really leaning into it. Uh, I think I said the other day he might be the favorite for sixth man of the year. How weird would it be if Westbrook picked up that award near the end of his his actual NBA career? But yeah, that's a a great one because you wouldn't have been able to convince me that he would have been like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll not start. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's been the definition of him up until this season. Even the first three games, he's like I'm not going to come off the bench. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he laughed at it. No, he's great at it. Yeah. He blamed his injury in the preseason on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right. I forgot about that. I was I, cold. I was cold coming off the bench. I didn't know what to do? <laughs> <laughs> he's learned it quickly. Yep. He's, yeah, he's he stuck did. to it. Okay, number four, Carmelo Anthony. Mm. When he was done with the Knicks, he went to OKC, where he scoffed at the idea of coming off the bench. Pfft, me. Uh-uh. So, OKC trades him. He ends up on the Houston Rockets after being released by the Atlanta Hawks. It just doesn't seem like this is going to happen. He goes to the bench for the first time in his career with the Houston Rockets. No, that didn't end well. He went home, actually, if you remember that. Yeah. Sat at home for months mm-hmm. and wasn't playing. Rockets eventually release him. It took him to another nine months until he signed with another team. The Portland Trailblazers is where he found his love for playing off the bench. And then he extended his career. It seemed like at age 34, he was kind of done when a team didn't pick him up for nine straight months. But he found his love with the Blazers, came off the bench with them, and then he got to play with the banana boat, bro. (laughs) A dream of his to play with LeBron off the bench in Los Angeles. So that was another shocking one. It seemed like it was done. He tried it once with the Rockets. Wasn't working out, but extended his career. Is he going to do it again? That's the real question. Yeah. He hasn't officially retired no, no, by, no, by no, any no. means. I mean, he's just feels like he's just waiting Second until we get a little season. closer to the, uh, yeah, sort of to the, to the playoff push here and then pick his team or, you know, a team that will want him to come off the bench and maybe win you, I don't know, a quarter or a half in a playoff game. I think he could still obviously do that in terms of hitting some jumpers, hitting some threes. Perhaps a return to the Denver Nuggets? 
Mm. Mm. Anthony is a shooter off the bench. They need some shooting off the bench. He'd have to wear number 51 now, though, because Nikola Jokic wears 15. Mm. Yeah. So he can't wear his old number? Yeah. Okay. Okay. We get that question a lot. 15 is going to be retired in Denver. Who's it going to be? Jokic. Yeah. 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 The two-time MVP. (laughs) Yeah. They got to give a little love to Melo, though. What are they going to do? He's got to be honestly. He's be maybe they'll just be like, "Who cares? Just put up 15 twice. Yeah. It says Melo, and yeah. put 15 it says Jokic. Like, why do we care all that much?" Yeah, yeah. that's like what the Raptors are going to do with Vince Carter and Jorge Garbajosa. Exactly the same. <laughs> the same number too. Yeah, right? Exactly. Uh, and thankfully, he went to the bench and was successful because Hoodie Melo was born late in his career, yeah. and we wouldn't have that meme without it. I mean, he didn't play with a hoodie on the basketball floor in NBA games, but still, we needed that. Okay, number three, Dwight Howard. Every year on this show, for like five straight years, someone on this show said, Dwight Howard is going to accept his role. Dwight Howard is going to accept his role. No, this is the year Dwight Howard accepts his role. Because it didn't happen for several years. It didn't happen with Houston, Atlanta, Charlotte, Washington, if you remember. A lot of teams that we went through. And then finally, it happened when he went back to the Los Angeles Lakers and he ended up winning his first championship because of it. So this was late in his career. You don't really think of him as a bench guy. He wasn't a, you know, a shooting star when he was a starter. You know, he didn't he wasn't a guy who you give the ball to 20 times. But this was a successful transition and he was also, you know, a little tough-minded, a little bit stubborn oh, about yeah. going to the bench and I, I it was, it's also the transition was I'm don't have to be a post player anymore. I don't have to get the ball in the post over and over and over again. So that was part of the transition. Uh, but He's a Hall of Famer that didn't have a championship ring, and because he went to the bench with the Lakers, he got his first ring. He played his role perfectly for that team. You're absolutely right. Come off the bench, give us you know, 19, 20 minutes, go flirt with a double-double, get some blocks, be physical, and, uh, and, and don't miss your shots because all you're going to do is dunk. He shot 73% from the floor that year with the Lakers coming off the bench the year of the, the bubble championship, which is pretty insane, 73%. I mean, it had to be all just dunks <laughs> yeah. and layups. Uh, maybe he threw up the odd yeah. uh, three-pointer at the end of a quarter, but wow. That's accepting his role. Yeah, I know. And doing it well. And number two, Derek Rose. Mm. This one's a little bit different because injuries destroyed his career at the beginning of his career, and he had to go to the bench a lot earlier. He was traded from the Bulls to the Knicks, and things just went bad. If you remember, he was supposed to be playing for the Knicks one night, just disappeared. He's in the lineup. He was just gone. He went and signed with the Cleveland Cavaliers after that Knicks experiment for the minimum. At 28 years of age, a former MVP signed for the minimum. Things were not going in Cleveland, if you remember that. He just left the team for a couple weeks. He was thinking, am I going to be a bench player? Am I going to try and succeed in this role? He was contemplating what he was going to do with his career again at 28 years of age. And then things changed. Things changed drastically. That, That was 2017. And he's still playing now, even though he was contemplating what the heck he was going to do with his career. He got back with his old coach, Tom Thibodeau, in Minnesota. He had a 50-point game with the Wolves. Yep. Okay, he was starting then, but that was amidst <laughs> him He was coming, coming off, off the, the bench, bench a majority of that season, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then he went to Detroit, and now he's been with the Knicks for several years. Yep. He extended his career a long time after it looked like it was over. Yeah, I would say this is the first year, too, where it doesn't look, because of injuries, too, even in a bench role, um, doesn't look like the Rose for those last couple of years, like you said, Minnesota, the, that Detroit 
the Knicks. He was always you could pencil him in for fifteen points off the bench uh, easily, and then he'd have those explosive games where you're like, oh, D Rose of old. But like this year, it's finally I don't know, looking his age a little bit. Maybe it has just been they're playing the younger guys a little bit more. Tibbs is finally, but yeah, he extended his career is a great way to put it by adapting to a bench role. Yeah, the rehabilitation story of Derrick Rose is pretty wild. Yeah. when you on court. Yes, when, yes, yes, on court. When you look back at it, it is a it's a roller coaster. Yep. But the most successful one is at number one. Andre Iguodala is number one. Started the first 758 games of his career, every single game. And then a new coach came in with the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr came in and said, I'd like it if you came off the bench. I know you've been starting for 10 straight seasons. Come off the bench. He went behind Harrison Barnes. And the rest is history. They won four championships in eight seasons. If he hadn't sacrificed, who knows what happens with that Warriors team that just kept sacrificing for each other. And that's why they're champions. And he won a finals <laughs> MVP. Yeah. He was starting then as well. But, uh, you know, like they, they threw him in there. A wild, wild roller coaster there for Andre Goddard. And you may not think he wasn't a star. He did make an all-star team with the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. That he was in that number one role, and Mark Jackson was giving him that role as well with, yeah. the, with the, uh, the Golden State Warriors. And then things changed. David Lee, Andre Iguodala, everybody sacrificing, and then uh, things changed, and they win. Good list. A lot. They win a lot. Surprised yeah. he didn't have Vince Carter in the mix, though. Any consideration for Vince, who, like, I guess starting at, like, the age of 35 or 36, played, like, another seven yeah. years yeah. Uh, in, a, in a bench role, obviously. Yeah, that's a good one. That. That's a good one. I like the guys who hated it, though. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that put up the fight. Yeah, Vin, yeah, Vince at that point of his career. Still impressive, I think, like, oh. I think helped his potential Hall of Fame case in 100%. terms of counting stats and sort of... He changed the perception of his career yeah, 100% yeah. by coming off the bench and remaking himself into like a veteran guy who's going to help out. I think Vince has to be on the list. I would also add Jason Terry, a starter in the league for the first eight seasons of his career, including when he finally got to Dallas, eventually moved to sixth man, won sixth man of the year. They won a championship. He flourished there. Rondo is very similar to Dwight Howard there with the Lakers. Yeah. And I think Bill Walton probably tops the list. He's a two-time MVP, won a championship, and then won another championship and sixth man of the year with the Boston Celtics on one of the greatest teams of all time. Yeah, I think uh, in that light, you know, Blake Griffin could do it with the Celtics as well, although he wasn't an MVP. Yeah, the MVPs are good uh, to include on this list. I didn't include like the six mans that perfect the six men that perfected their craft, like Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams. Those guys were starters yeah. too. Jason yeah. Jason Terry found his way, and they won a championship because of it. You could call him the second best player on the Mavs uh, in that championship run. Yeah, Vince is interesting. If he makes the Hall of Fame because of these be a, that extended part of his be a career, big part of it, he was oh, still yeah. putting up like off the bench, like decent numbers. I mean, you have seven years of scoring, you know, another ten <laughs> points a game in ballpark, you know, fifty to sixty games a year or whatever you're coming on the bench. That's going to add up. Yeah, he's a lock <laughs> now for the Hall of Fame. But do you think he would have made it prior to this extended run on the bench? I mean, I don't think so. It's like unfortunate as Vince fans, like that he didn't pick up a ring in bouncing around to all the teams. Though in his defense, he wasn't really chasing one. He was like he was playing for teams. Like he was like, yeah, well, I, I'll be the veteran. I'll, guy. I'll get some burn. Yeah, I'll be the vet guy. I'll still get some minutes though. He wasn't like, oh, just throw me on that team to to try and get a ring. Uh, I don't know. I, I think no. I, I don't think he was a lock. 
if he had ended in when he was 34, 35 years old before he went to the bench for another (laughs) five teams or whatever it was. So there they are. Top five stars who made a successful transition to the bench later in their career. Love it. All right, next one here. Uh, Gabriel from Ann Arbor. Hey, No Dunks, I'm on a bike trip across Europe, and I've noticed some interesting differences to the U.S. (laughs) Better bike lanes, a lot of smaller stores, no small talk, and very different campsite bathrooms. Yes, in France. It was only after I had done my business that I realized there was no toilet paper in the stall. And I don't mean it was empty. It did not exist. That day I learned the hard way that French campsites have a BYOTP policy. (laughs) Bring your own toilet paper. That brings me to my question. What, excuse me, when is a time that you learned a lesson the hard way? Or when is a time you learned a lesson while traveling? Keep the classics coming. Uh, Trey, on you get us started. I learned how well sunscreen works on a trip to Panama City for spring break. I'm I'm pretty good at applying sunscreen, just in general. Uh, I got to keep that skin healthy. Uh, But I guess I was more of a spray guy in the early 2000s. So when I came across some cream in Panama City, it didn't go well. After day one, I just had finger smears, like, everywhere. You know the classic. You think you got it nice and rubbed in, and it turns out you're tiger stripes. (laughs) So uh, the people I was traveling with, every time we would be on the phone, you know, it'd be, uh, we're chatting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trey's doing good. He's very, very sunburned. (laughs) Missed a lot of spots. (laughs) So I've been much better at my coverage ever since spring break 2002. Good lesson. Yeah, healthy about a tan, mm-hmm. as we always say. Yeah, you look ridiculous. If you got if you got a sunscreen mark, you just, you just look like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess at least you got some coverage. <laughs> yeah, you, know, exactly you see the, some right. people that don't put any yeah. on, and they're like yeah. beat red. And you're like, also oh, you true. know that hurts. Can't sleep at night on your back or on your chest or whatever it is. Okay, learned his lesson. Putting the sunscreen. On. What do you got? Anything? Hmm. Well, I, I went uh, toilet related, like Gabrielle did, uh, in China for a few weeks. Learned about the squatty potties that they have. It's different. It is different. You got to get low, or you got to have a uh, a makeshift toilet seat that you know they use. The, they throw the toilet seat over top of the squatty potty. Sure, sure. Wild. <laughs> so yeah, work on it's your core strength. It sounds like when you're yeah. hold a wall, squat- something. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I uh, I went with a weird one here uh, recently. Nora and I were in uh, Nice, France, over the summer. I learned three quick lessons while grabbing a few snacks on our way to the train station, all from the same store, uh, which was the supermarket. One, got to weigh your stuff before checkout, mm. at least yeah. in this store. You know, here, I'm taking my bananas up to the, uh, to the checkout, and they're doing the work. But we got up there with some of the fruit we were getting, like... You gotta, you gotta weigh it. Yeah, you gotta find the number. You gotta find the sticker and put it on. Oh, okay. Didn't know. It's not a sign that's telling you that, but I uh, <laughs> quickly learned. Two, had to show proof of purchase leaving the uh, supermarket. What is this, Costco? Yeah. Target sometimes does it. But it was like, we just bought bananas and, you know, like a water. It's like, all right, here you go. Take a look at my receipt. And then uh, thirdly, they call grocery stores casinos. What? That's just a little uh, French joke for you. The brand's called Casino. Oh. <laughs> That's all it is. Uh, they got your other stores as well, but we went to Casino. But I just liked going, hey, let's go to the Casino. <laughs> not I to, didn't know that! Not, not to, not to uh, play blackjack, just to get some bananas that we had to do all the work for. So there I, you go. I thought you were going to say super, because I like saying I like going to the super. Super. Supermarché. Super yeah. Short for yeah. super. They had Lidl right around the corner too, but I was like, no, we're going to the casino, babe. Wear, wear your finest outfit. 
slacks only when I buy these. Finest outfit, please. Oh, we're going to the VIP section. Cool. What do they have there? Heavy bananas? Uh, Organic bananas. (laughs) Very important produce. Uh, All right. Uh, Next one. Uh, At Emmanuel Wass. In light of Tess's recent inside joke slash deep cut references <laughs> that uh, I guess you've been dropping recently here, I'm wondering if you can share the origins of your favorite joke, phrase, or no dunks everydayism. For instance, I remember that podcast listeners, this is for you, that Tess says off the top, is a reference to LeBron <laughs> starting a podcast. That one happened not that long ago, right? Well, that maybe even this year that you started yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so what do you got? Uh, that one or something else or uh... well Trey just dropped mine (laughs) in the last answer Uh, I'll be true this is the one that I use the most and it's an internal joke uh, from our friend Mo Verney one of our favorite follows on social media Uh, it was actually uh, it's real meta because uh, (laughs) oh yeah right go ahead yeah because we actually sent him a message or some uh, no actually it was a friend of his that sent him a message about us talking about him yeah. And so he recorded a video <laughs> saying, thanks for mentioning me. My friend told me, I didn't know that. Right. That you guys mentioned me on your show. So quite often when I don't know something, I don't know a lot of things. I'll say, I didn't know that. That's fun to say. Yeah. He was also, to make it even more better, at a Raptors game while he was filming. He was. In the upper bowl. Uh, crazy. All right. That's a good one. What do you got, Trey? There's a million to pick from of inside jokes or phrases. Or... <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, where do you want to go? Uh, uh, here's a fresher one. I've been saying lately, what do free throws do? Win games. I told you it's an old Nordic saying. But really, I learned it from an old lady back in high school. She was a fan of the Newark Norsemen. That was a team that we played against. Okay. She sat behind their bench and literally every time anybody went to the free throw line, she would just repeat to herself, what do free throws do? Win games. What do free throws do? Win games. I thought that was funny. First and foremost. I thought that was funny back in high school. Years later, Laura and I finally start dating. She played against the Newark Norsemen too. This woman went to her games and did the exact same wow. thing. So it has become a long-running thing in our household, uh, onto the podcast. My kids here are talking very loudly. I'm sure you can hear them on the broadcast, <laughs> on the podcast, getting dirty looks. But they know what do free throws do? Win games. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Win games. An old Norse saying. <laughs> I love it. I love it. An old Norse <laughs> saying. Uh, I'm going to go with one, uh, a phrase that, gee, you seem to drop uh, a lot in ad reads. And that is a variation on... Beverly, my old yeah. friend. I feel like you've done it twice. At least twice. Uh, you did it with... I mean, it's been done with Peloton. It's Peloton, for sure. And there's another one you've done it for. Uh, Grammarly. Grammarly. Grammarly, yeah, that sounds like Beverly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, for those that don't know, and we started doing it, I think I was the first to do it, with Patrick Beverly. So, Beverly, mm-hmm. my old friend. And I've told this story a long time ago on the podcast, but where it came from, it's from an SNL skit, but I found out about it before that, before I learned it was an SNL skit, we were at a cottage a long time ago, of course. This is like 15 years or so. And Brody brought like a date to the cottage, a woman we had never met, this Irish woman. <laughs> and uh, she was a lot of fun. She could party. She was Irish. And she got really drunk one night and just kept saying, Beverly, my old friend. And she kept saying like, Brody, you're being a real knob job. And she was like, kept saying all these lines 
And nobody knew the reference she was saying. Like, nobody. Uh, and we just were like, wow, she is crazy. Like, she's zany. Like, this is a fun one. And, uh, and then we learned, I don't know, a year or two later, like, somebody asked Brody. And he's like, oh, no, we had just watched the SNL skit with Will Ferrell. It's, like, called, like, the Dr. Beeman office skit. And he's done it a couple times where he's, like, just like this... He's like basically just a jerk doctor. Like people come in, they're asking about their babies and he's like on the phone busy and he's like distracted and like that's the bit. Uh, and uh, that's where it was from because in the set, the first skit, he's he talks to Beverly on the phone. <laughs> he doesn't say Beverly, my old friend. That happens in the 2001 skit, which they brought back. I think Jimmy Fallon's in that one. And so that's where Beverly, my old friend, uh, which was the callback to the skit prior. Anyway, uh, that's where it came from. But shout out to, uh, man, I'm drawing a blank on her name, on Brody's ex-girlfriend's name, the Irish chest. Uh, my mind too. She, she was a knob job. Yeah. What'd you say? Cersei? I don't know. No. no. Uh, sure. What? <laughs> was there a reference for knob job or was she just calling Brody a knob job? Because he's a knob uh, job. He, Will Ferrell in one of them says... Oh. He says to the the people that are there, one of my patients is being a real knob job. They're really <laughs> weird skits. Look them up on YouTube. They're, 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 very, they're funny very funny. They're very funny because they are so stupid. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, yeah, they're good. So and yeah. then I don't know who selected it as a drop for the basketball. Yeah, I got yeah, yeah for a while. definitely got picked as a drop for Patrick Beverly. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. It's fun to say anything that sort of sounds like Beverly. Blank, my old friend, is a, is a fun thing to say. All right, uh, let's keep it going here. At Young Larry David tweeted in, I think Big Tasty would be a great nickname. Which current NBA player should we bestow with this moniker? Uh, the Big Tasty, not the Big Nasty, which was Corliss Williamson. Tasty. Uh, does anyone have an NBA player that we could try and nickname the Big Tasty? Thomas Bryant. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. Man. <laughs> He's big. He's big. Big, tasty Thomas. Just sounds right to me. Yeah. My other options were like Luca, you know. He's he's a stronger, bigger guy. <laughs> yeah. He's got some tasty moves. Yeah, Alperin yeah. Shengun, similar sort of thing. Like they call him Baby Joker. Yeah. Nikola Jokic's nickname is Big Honey, Big Tasty. Honey is tasty. Do we very think Big similar. Tasty is a good nickname? I, yeah, I, do. I do. I think it's a very good yeah. nickname, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so okay. I was like Thomas yeah, Bryant. That's the... the He's a big T. I bet, the, I bet people call him Big T sometimes. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> hey! <laughs> the peanut gallery over there is... Uh... I know, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's a We're long almost time. done. We're it's almost a long done. podcast today. Yeah, it is, it is. What do you have is for it? Big Tasty? Uh, I, yeah, I don't have a really good one. I, I was going more on the nose. Like I was wondering if there's a player that licks his lips a lot. Mm. Yeah. Or their fingers. Steve their Nash fingers. would have been the Big yeah. Tasty. He was always <laughs> licking his fingers. Yeah, maybe a little too small, but big, yeah. Uh, Hiro <laughs> Turgaloo, Turgaloo, he licked his fingers a ton when mm. he was with the Clippers for a bit. Nice. That one game. Big Baby Davis, if he was around, he licked his lips that one time. Yep. Like he just finished <laughs> something. Yeah. But uh, And then he took, uh, when he was with it's the good. Magic, he took a giant drumstick during Thanksgiving, like after a game, and was chomping on it. Oh, they won on Thanksgiving? From, yep. Or, yep. They I remember that. There. He also chomping. ate pizza uh, with <laughs> us. Uh, he did. Dancing he loved that pizza. Okay. He loved it. I, well, hold on. I mean, I did say... Corliss Williamson was called the Big Nasty. Why don't we call Zion Williamson the Big Tasty? That's all right. That's all right to me. <laughs> Just go with yeah. Williamson? Yeah. That's good, actually. He's not going to do it's it. The Big Tasty and the Big Easy. He's going to kill it. You don't think he's going to be on board? No, there's too many fat weight jokes yeah. there. Uh, Jeez, that's why it works, though. He should start, like, you know, like, sort of uh, off of Shaq's barbecue chicken, but when he's, like, 
bodying guys down there. He should start licking his fingers <laughs> after he starts doing work inside. That would be, awesome. oh, be so good. Big It'd be tasty. so good. Oh, in New it. Orleans, too. Let's try JD it. Said, Big Tasty and the Big Easy. That's good. It's too good. So once that happens, once he gets comfortable, <laughs> it's over for the rest of the league. Once somebody gives him the Big Tasty and he's like, yeah, I'm good with that, I'm, he's going to oh, kill everybody. Okay, okay. Oh, I was thinking that watching the New Orleans broadcast the other day. Signs of Cafe Du Mal. Yeah. Uh, signs of Kachong. Good food, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Good food. <laughs> Uh, all oh, right. Oh, walk by there. <laughs> oh, so, oh. so they're they're here because of the runoff, yeah. The the voting uh, election uh, again yeah, here yeah, in Georgia. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. school. Is that what's going on? No school. Well, I mean, technically they have virtual school, <laughs> but they're learning at the school of hard knocks. <laughs> oh yeah, they yeah, yeah. learned how to make a classic right. podcast. Yeah. They're not going to college. Took the kids to the factory today, <laughs> Laura. <laughs> Uh, all right, final one. Let's just slip this in. Uh, which NBA player? This is from at Christina Binden on Twitter. Which NBA player with the height of an abominable snowman? <laughs> all right, would you trust or not trust to put a star upon your tree? <laughs> not a euphemism. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think uh, if Giannis starts talking about putting a star upon a tree, watch out. Uh, I think dunk aggression would influence the decision. Again, that's from Christina here. So. With the holidays right here, a lot of the guys have the trees up. I'm sure a lot of you out there as well, if you were celebrating Christmas. Um, Dunk which, aggression. What? Well, I think the idea is we can't go with. You wouldn't uh, want to. You wouldn't want to have somebody who's aggressive. No, you wouldn't because yeah. you're Soft gonna touch. you're touch. gonna touch touch. Yeah, okay. I mean, so like, is it Jokic? Is like that the answer? It's a big dude with the greatest yeah. touch maybe we've ever yeah, seen. Okay. I was I was honestly just going like the biggest guys, okay. you yeah. know. So I'm like Boban. It's yeah. perfect because he's gentle. Boban's he's not going to ruin too. a holiday. Yeah, he's yeah. he wants you to have a great holiday. I think yeah. Arvidas Sabonis would be my historical guy <laughs> yeah. that yeah. I want out there. Giant hands, oh. giant head, biggest Santa hat in town, no doubt about it. And just like uh, just like Boban, great touch. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. great ones. On okay. the flip side, I ain't trusting Hashim the beat. <laughs> no, thank you. No, he's going to fall over and <laughs> knock over your tree or yeah. bobble it. Yeah. What about Bull Bull, I think, would be in today's he's game. Sure. He's 7'2". He's got a ridiculous wingspan. Yeah. He's not like... Uh, He's not aggressively dunking on guys so that we can take out the dunk aggression. You know, he's, there's he's finger fluid. rolls. There's he's like a point rolls. guard, yeah. He would roll that star across his hand. Just try and flick it up oh, there. Yeah, try and land it. Try and stick it. Brooke Lopez, I think, could do it. Mm. He's got the touch. He's got the three-point I mean, if it's he, like a Disney-related star upon the tree, yeah, he would, he, he would guard that with his life. You yeah. know, if it's like a Mickey or, I don't know. They probably make these, right? I'm just assuming. Yeah, oh, of course, uh, of course. Surely, yeah. yeah. I, bet, I bet the Lopez brothers actually have beautiful trees. I would agree with that. They'd have. <laughs> right? I think they have like a ton of Disney ornaments yeah. and yeah. Star Wars. And... No, I think they oversaturate them with ornaments <laughs> that aren't needed. Oh, it's That's like a not commercial. Like a pretty, yeah, pretty one. yeah, it's, you're right. I bet be, you're right. Could be yeah, too many wild ornaments. Brooke, uh, Robin, yeah. we need to see a photo of your tree. Yeah, send us a photo of your tree. Yep. No euphemism there. Uh, also, <laughs> also uh, a corny one here. Taco wouldn't let it fall. Nice. <laughs> nice. Get nice. back in the league, man. Um, where is is he overseas? G League? Where is Taco Fall? Not even playing? I thought he was playing somewhere in Asia because oh. like there was like a highlight tape of him that came out yeah, and people right. were comparing him to Victor Wembanyama <laughs> because he was like bringing the ball up the court 
shaking and baking, getting to the hoop, and, you know, just looking like a guy who had played multiple years in the NBA before going overseas. I believe he's playing for the Flying Tigers of the Chinese Basketball uh, League there. Association. Okay. Awesome. Awesome tweets. There were a lot of other great ones. Keep them coming. Uh, at NoDunkSankaiNC on the end on Twitter, or you can email them in, or please send us a letter. Let's take our final break. When we come back, pick them results and tweet of the night. All right. Back with the boys here in the Classic Factory. Pick'em results last night. It was OKC Atlanta. Hawks were favored by five and a half points, but you don't know what team you're getting with the Atlanta Hawks. From game to game, from half to half to quarter to quarter. We saw it in this one, as we talked about, them uh, blowing the big lead. So I had OKC, took SGA and the boys to get that done. They got the victory, another straight up win. Wild, wild, not even the cover. So uh, I got it right. Tass and Trey had Atlanta. That's an L for those guys. TK looking for his first win here in uh, in the month of December, but Tass and I are tied at 2-1. and one. What's tonight's game? TNT doubleheader this evening. Lakers-Cavs, Mavericks-Nuggets as part of only three games on the schedule. Mm. Is there enough games? Yeah. You know what? Yes. Because we're going to have some fun on tomorrow's podcast once again. A little NBA Reddit fun. So yeah, yeah, I'm fine with it. <laughs> nice. Uh, we're going with that Dallas-Denver game as our game. Denver favored by four and a half at home. The Mavericks coming off back-to-back. Beating the Suns yesterday, so hence the four and a half points. Probably a little smaller if they weren't on a back-to-back. Skeets, you got Denver to win by five or more. Yeah. Trey and I have the uh, Mavs. They can lose by four or less or obviously outright win, which is what's been happening lately. Yeah. Money line. <laughs> Hit the money line. Yeah, that's a tough one. Schedule-wise, I think it's a tough spot for Dallas. And Denver, like, they're a damn good team, but they throw up some stinkers every once in a while. They lose too. to a lot of 500 yeah. or better teams. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm just I'm just literally guessing. Yeah. I don't know what to do Flip out coin, here, man. Yeah. It's like yesterday... Thunder versus Hawks. I thought Thunder, but I've been missing so much. I can't trust my instincts. Oh. I'm going on the Hawks. Yeah, yeah. So today, my first instinct was Dallas. Okay. No, I should flip to Denver. But then I went with Dallas because maybe I should have trusted. My oh. instincts. Uh, like I'm just throwing darts right yep. now, Skeetsy. Been there, man. It do be like that yep, sometimes. Yep, yep, yep. All right, let's get to tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. This is a statistical tweet of the night. Brought my statitudes. It's Tuesday here in Georgia. It's election night. A lot of stats. A lot of Kornackis. A lot of 50.0 to 49.9. It's going to come down to the wire. So I went with a numerical stat here. Brady, Brady, Brady Klopfer, he tweets, There are three active NBA players with the last name Murray. And right now, they all have a true shooting percentage of 53.6%. What, what? are the odds of that? true? What are have the odds? Have we fact-checked this? Of course So we we're have. talking DeJounte Murray, you Jamal Murray. You can call Murray, me Stephen Kornacki. And Keegan Murray. These are the three Murrays? Those are the Murrays. Wow. All 53.6? Do you want to check? I wow. do, I do, I Go do, ahead, man. Yeah. But all right, I, I believe Keegan, Keegan confirmed. Okay, let me do Jamal. All right, I'll do I'll do Dejounte. <laughs> okay, it's that unbelievable that you have to check the old computer. Did we say true shooting percentage? Yes, that's what we said. That was yeah. that was the tweet. Yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. My goodness. It's crazy. My goodness. It is crazy. Fifty-three point six for Jamal. It is crazy. Dejounte confirmed as well. Oh my God, the Murrays. The Murrays. Fifty-three point six true shooting percentage. That's yeah. a great tweet, man. That is a great. It's odd. Yeah. Brady, Brady Klopfer was able to find that. 
What was he doing that he found? <laughs> That's, a great, those That's a great point. He must have somehow he was, saw two of them, right? Like you would think, two, oh, wow, two Murrays with the same true shooting percentage. And then was like, just for, for shits and gigs, let's find out if the third one has 53.6. <laughs> Yeah. Right? I mean, Nuggets and Hawks played each other on Friday. Right. DeJounte mm. and Jamal were guarding each other. So, I mean, yeah. you can at least see why you would compare those two. Yeah, well done. I guess I'll, guess I'll just toss a Keegan in there. Why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a great statistical tweet. That's a great That's <laughs> kind of like right there. That's I awesome. wonder if that'll be uh, up on Statitudes pretty soon. Probably. Not much gets by Justin on Statitudes, but even that's pretty deep for him. <laughs> All right? All right. Way to go, Brady. That's great. It's not a great percentage if people are thinking, is that a good it percentage? It's kind of low, yeah. It is kind of low. It's a little low. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. It's, it's below start. Jamal's standards. DeJounte, uh, he doesn't shoot a lot of threes, so that factors into the true shooting percentage. <laughs> that's, that's DeJounte's world. Keegan? Got to pick that up. Got to pick that up, Keeks. Good tweet. We also had one come in while we were, like, just doing this show. Did you see this news from Arash Markazi that the NBA is introducing a new award this season? <laughs> the Maurice Poloff Trophy, which is named after the first commissioner of the NBA, will be awarded to the team with the best record in the league after 82 games. Hmm. We're handing out a straight regular season award now for the best record. Okay. How do you feel about this? You okay with it? <laughs> I love it. I love it. We need a little bit more value in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. It happens in the NHL. It happens in football. Yes. Yes. I mean, I do they give trophies? Well, they don't even have playoffs, so it's like, which which sport are you talking about? Well, I mean, both of those both. sports Hockey, do have yeah, playoffs. Hockey. Well, the well, no, in in soccer, I mean, it's at oh. the, the table, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's I a big meant, deal. I meant F U T B O L. Yes, yes. Sorry, it's World Cup season. I should have mentioned that one. Actually. Yeah, they don't care about the playoffs. And in hockey, yeah, they give out. I forget the man's name that it's named after, yeah. but yeah, they, they give do. One. They yeah. give one. Yeah, it's a war. It, not that it really matters because then they go into the playoffs and that first team loses. My gut uh, tells me they're doing all these new awards, the ones we've seen for MVPs for Eastern and Western Conference Finals last year, right? Now this, for the regular season team award, I think they're dropping all of these to gear us up for the mid-tournament. Yeah. It's which will oh, then yeah. have an oh, award yeah. of some sort. Yeah. Probably have a tournament team and stuff like that. So it's like, oh, we got these for everything, man. Don't you worry. Don't you get upset about that mini-tournament. We're giving out a crystal ball to that as well. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd love to see two teams be going for it on the final night of the season. Trophy game. <laughs> Trying to get this, this pretty little globe. Good question from Sam Unono in the stream team. What if there's a tie? The team in the Eastern Conference, same exact record as the team in the Western Conference first mm. seed. Very, very possible. Two ball? Two ball. Two ball. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, drop the ball, <laughs> split, split it into it? two. I don't know. Like a... Like a, like a <laughs> It'd be interesting uh, to like see. Like a yin-yang a symbol, question. I guess. I wonder if it's going to become a thing where, like, you don't want to get this. You know, like, no, none of the players will touch it, just like they won't touch the Larry O'Brien trophy before winning a championship. I also wonder if this will become a meme. You know, like, congratulations on your potal off. We got the Larry OB. Yeah, yeah. I fear that will be true. Well, what yeah. will happen is if, like, let's say the Celtics go on, have the best record in the league, then they lose to the Bucks, or the team in the in the mm-hmm. finals or whatever. They lose. 
Well, then, yeah, then it's going to be like, this is cursed. You don't want to be the number yeah, one seed. Sure. Like, if that goes for a couple yep. of years, like, you're going to need the number one seed in the regular season to go on to win the title, and everybody will be happy with this. But I think people yeah, will just, just forget about it. Yeah. Afterwards. This is just going to go sit on a mantle it's in just, some executive's office. It's just for pictures. They just made <laughs> yeah. it for pictures. And also because. Oh, you think. I, I don't even think they'll do a. I don't even think they'll do a photo shoot with this, with the players. I don't. I think they the executives? Do yeah. Send it to Wick. Because I think even they know. They're like, why are, they, why are the Celtics going to care? They went in the finals last year. They're trying to win a championship. They have 17 banners, for crying out loud. We're going to give them this because they won uh, three more games than the Suns? They <laughs> could also, I don't think like, they're going to care. Clinch the best record in the league before the season's over, yeah. right? Like five games left. What are they going to do? Just like... <laughs> Have a ceremony? Maybe. I think maybe. they'll, yeah, maybe a pregame ceremony with the GM or the coach. Or I don't think a player is going to touch this. I'm with you, Trey. We shall see. Yeah. Well, it was like they introduced the Eastern Conference and Western Conference MVP trophies last year. Mm-hmm. They were kind of forced to take it. But, yeah, uh, but that's, they, uh, that's, that's, that, gotta take it. I don't know. That's a little bit more, isn't it? You know? Yeah. To get to the yeah. finals. Yes. It's more than the Podoloff. Podoloff also, he used to be the, uh, designated for the MVP of the league yeah. that was given to Bill Russell so they also needed to give a trophy to uh, Portland. Oh, that maybe is that part it's of this. It's the president's trophy in, in hockey. There you go. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, that's what it's... I thought it was named after someone but that's not. Thinking, I was wrong. I think Lady Bing. <laughs> <laughs> lady Bing. <laughs> the old lady. The lady. I love that there's a trophy <laughs> called Lady, lady Bing. Bing. Uh, Alright, let's call it there. That was a fun show. Tomorrow, like I said, I believe we're doing like uh, another NBA Reddit podcast. Absolutely. Yeah? Pulling our favorite threads from the NBA Reddit world and, and, and talking about them and breaking them all down and, and then, having some debates. And then pulling some yarn. Pulling a thread. Yeah. Yeah. Pulling some <laughs> yarn. Whatever. Hey, what do you want to knit tomorrow? Maybe a classic. <laughs> uh, on what Thursday... Classic? Uh, we got new No Buffs, a Survivor podcast. Only two episodes of Survivor left, so if you're a Survivor sicko, now's the perfect time to get in. And uh, go subscribe to No Buffs on YouTube or wherever you download and listen to podcasts. And then later in the week, I believe on Friday, new Is This Good with a very special guest. I won't even say who it is because I don't want to jinx it because this person's a very busy man. I will say it's a man. Giveaway. Oh, it, man <laughs> is in his name. Ah. Yeah. Do you know what it is? No. Oh. Terrence Mann? <laughs> Matty O will have Terrence Mann on Is This Good to ask him about whether or not it's good to wipe your butt standing up. <laughs> uh, no, it's not Terrence Mann. It's someone else with man in their name. Figure it out. Uh, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and Remember, it's got to be Manuel. That's the only person with a man in their name. No, it's not. Us. No, no, no. no you, I think I cracked the Oh, uh, don't say brain. it. I'm don't gonna, say it. I don't want to say it no. out loud. Say it right after we go off air. <laughs> right, I'm going to say it as soon as the end screen comes up so people might hear it. Okay, here we go. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Embrace the day. People. <laughs> Joe Mandy? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>